0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> The Pursued Written by Ben Errington Narrated by Josh Curran Ethan dug his heels into the gravel and pressed his face into the back of the Lexus. The ground was almost entirely flat, so it took all of Ethan's strength, which was lacking at this particular point in time, to get the car to start moving. "'What's your name?' Ethan shouted but he was again cut off by the sound of the car, again struggling to start. Hey, Ethan said, sure that he hadn't been heard. I said, what's your name? The strange man in the driving seat didn't turn around, but Ethan moved his head to see his eyes in the wing mirror. Michael, the strange man said. My name's Michael. I'm Ethan he said, even though Michael didn't ask. "'Where are you heading?' Ethan added, and, almost on cue, the Lexus engine roared into life. The car moved, picking up speed. Ethan watched as the Lexus drove away, hoping for Michael to at least throw a hand out of the window as a sign of gratitude. But it never came. Ethan sighed, kicking some of the gravel He blocked the sun from his eyes with a cupped hand, and looked at the horizon. He started walking back towards the diner where he had been eating before Michael had arrived, looking for help. Then he heard the Lexus engine rev loudly, suddenly driving back to where it had previously broken down. Michael slammed the brakes just a couple of feet away from Ethan, who felt his heart almost jump out of his chest. I'm heading west, Michael bellowed over the humming engine of the Lexus. Ethan thought the strange man didn't look quite as strange anymore. He rubbed his eyes. I'll take you with me if you want, Michael offered, a glimmer of warmth in his otherwise low voice. But not far, and when I get tired you can drive. Ethan nodded his head enthusiastically. His face ached at the sheer size of his smile. Yes. He said, of course, thank you. Ethan ran back to the restaurant, picked up his bag, and sprinted immediately back out towards the Lexus, bounding joyously across the asphalt like a dog that had just been released from the pound. During the silence that followed, Ethan noticed that Michael was completely still as he drove, barely a movement registering, as he slowly allowed the steering wheel to turn in his light grip. His chest was rising steadily during breathing, but that was it. The rest of him appeared as a mannequin would in a shop window display. Albeit, a rugged mannequin, adorned with clothes that wouldn't look out of place on a bum, or a recently released war criminal. Ethan realised that he was just being judgmental, which was ironic considering that the road hadn't been the kindest to him either. He turned his attention to the passing scenery, the dusty landscape beginning to come spotted with green as the unforgiving Kansas he had been walking through was gradually left behind. The car wasn't moving particularly fast, which surprised Ethan. Michael had seemed to be in a hurry, his initial demeanor representing one of a man who would likely put his foot down and give a passenger the uneasy sense of dread that came with being in a situation they couldn't control as if they were along for the ride, no matter how dangerous it got. But Michael had calmed considerably in the first few miles of the journey. Perhaps it was the realisation that Ethan didn't want to talk much, making the decision for him to tag along not one that Michael regretted. Ethan couldn't quite put his finger on it, but he still felt unwelcome somehow. The silence soon began to eat away at Ethan, like a battery that was slowly corroding. He had felt at ease with it at first, but now his mind began fumbling around for a conversation topic. He didn't expect to get much out of Michael, but he thought it was polite to at least show a passing interest in him. Where he was going, where he had been, and the like. Ethan's hand moved towards the car radio as he briefly thought about switching it on. He managed to put his hand back down as Michael's eyes darted over the first instance that the driver of the car had observed Ethan's existence in the Lexus since they had left the diner. Ethan licked his dry lips. Mind if I put some tunes on? Ethan asked coyly. Michael blinked hard. I mean, the landscape isn't so fun to look at, Ethan added. Maybe just something quiet to help pass the time? Michael looked at Ethan's hands, that were now folded in his lap, and at the car radio, then back to Ethan's hands. ''I'd rather you didn't,'' Michael said, his voice cracking, but his mouth barely moving, as if he were a talented ventriloquist. Ethan awkwardly smiled, but Michael wasn't looking. ''Okay,'' Ethan said. ''Fine by me.'' Ethan again looked out the window, the sky becoming overcast. Even the slightest drop in temperature soothed his body. The sun had been heavy on his shoulders for the last few days. Michael coughed. And instantaneously, Ethan felt a trickle in his throat, as if the act had been contagious. He itched the skin on his neck and delicately cleared his throat. First time in Kansas? Ethan asked, watching a bird in the sky. It appeared still, as if hanging from a translucent string. Michael blinked hard. Never been, Ethan said, answering his own question. It's not exactly much to look at. Michael appeared to shrug, but Ethan thought it could have been his imagination. That being said, I've only been on the road, Ethan added. It's been a long journey. Ethan now expected Michael to submit and indulge in some civil conversation, the kind of small talk that would make the potential hours on the road go a little faster. Michael didn't take his eyes from the road. In fact, Ethan thought that they were slowing down. He looked over his shoulder to see if there were any other cars on the road, which there weren't. What's the speed limit? Ethan asked, immediately realizing that he may have sounded condescending. Michael blinked again. No idea, he responded. Well, Ethan added, you're in no danger of going over it. Michael's gaze broke for the first time. His head turned slowly towards Ethan, his face void of emotion. I'm driving slowly, Michael said, almost whispering. Because this car is a piece of shit. Ethan held up his hands as if to show that he meant no harm with his comment. I get that, he said. And if this car breaks down again, Michael continued, we'll both be walking. Ethan nodded in understanding. He felt a sense of unease rise up in him. An incomparable dread that didn't come from Michael's words or manner, but almost from something else. Something unknown. Ethan again looked over his shoulder at the road. Bob took the weight from his feet for the first time in several hours and was convinced by the time he took his boots off that he'd be greeted by the sight of one or two blisters that would be ready to pop. He sipped on the last remnants of water in a plastic bottle and wiped his lips with the back of his hand. He was tired, and he knew that he'd have to call it a day soon enough. Either that, or risk working himself into the ground, which usually resulted in insomnia and his restless legs kicking out while his wife got pissed off and decided to sleep on the couch in the living room. Somehow, having the warm spot where she had been lying next to him often helped him drift off if he moved over into it. But the thought of her sleeping somewhere other than the bed, with the back problem she often experienced, made him feel like a fool. There was a smell of gunpowder in the air as Bob noticed a man walking towards the door of the garage, his steps slow and methodical. Bob leaned over and took hold of his spectacles that he had dropped onto the ground minutes before, blowing the specks of dust from the lenses. As he put them on, the man was suddenly inside. Bob cleared his throat. Can I help you, big guy? Bob asked. The man was big and broad. He stood well over six feet tall, and the camel-coloured cowboy hat on his head accentuated his height even more so. His greying hair hung in uneven lengths across his stubbled face, an angular jaw rounding off strong features. His eyes were a menacing green. He wore a dark blue suit that looked almost impossibly immaculate, as if it had managed to repel the dusty Kansas air. His shoes were black and gleaming. Nice place of business you've got here, the man said. He was Southern, but well-spoken. Why, thank you, Bob said, standing. He rubbed his sweaty hands together. It's not in the best shape, but I'm planning some improvements. The Southern man took out a pouch of rolling tobacco and began to turn it over in his hands. Need some help? Bob asked, but he wasn't keen to take on any more work for the day. He needed a hot meal and a cold beer, even though he knew he wouldn't be able to have the latter. I sure am, the southern man said. I am looking for somebody. Bob realized that he looked like he could have been law enforcement. He knew all the local cops on the force, and unless this man was a detective from the city, the southern man had a different kind of authority. Who's that then? Bob asked. His chest felt tight. A real bad egg, the southern man said, not looking at Bob as he began to roll a cigarette. A rotten egg, if you will. I see, Bob said. I don't see many people cooped up in here for most of the day. The southern man licked a rolling paper. His tongue looked dry. It was now that Bob noticed a scar beneath his bottom lip that split like forks in the road to either side of his chin. That effect, he said quietly. Must get lonely. Bob nodded and laughed awkwardly. (laughs) A bit. It's pretty dark in here, too, the southern man added. Getting enough sunlight? Vitamin D is important, you know. There was something unnerving about this visitor. Bob tried to remember if his pistol was in a drawer in the back office or in a holster hanging on the door. It's good for your bones. The southern man said. If you don't get enough, who knows what could snap them. He finished rolling the cigarette and put it behind his ear. They'd be soft and weak. Osteomalacia. Can't be having that. Bob took a couple of steps forward. He was ready to make an excuse to usher him out. Stay right there, Grandpa. The southern man sneered. I'm giving you some important advice." Bob felt a bead of sweat forming on his forehead. You see, the southern man continued, vitamin D helps the body absorb calcium when it's exposed to sunlight. Neat, huh? Bob didn't feel like answering what was potentially a rhetorical question. Even if you sit by a window when it's sunny out, the southern man explained, ultraviolet rays can't get through the glass, so no dice. "'I haven't seen anybody,' Bob interrupted. "'I've been working here on this car all day. "'It's been a real bitch of a job. "'Been sweating my nuts off.' "'The Southern man put his pouch of tobacco "'in a pocket of his jacket. "'People have been making a habit "'of lying to me as of late,' he said, "'his words full of irritation. "'Don't ask me why. "'There's been causing my patience "'to wear a mighty thin.' "'The bead of sweat dropped from Bob's head.' and ran down to the end of his nose. I'd say I was usually a conscientious man, the southern man said, but I just have no idea what's come over me. The southern man walked calmly over to a nearby work surface that was strewn with Bob's tools. The mechanic remained rooted to the spot as the visitor picked up a heavy wrench and threw it hard at Bob's head with eerie speed, the tools striking him in the side of the skull. Bob collapsed to his knees, but his outstretched palms stopped him from falling flat on his face. The pain was immeasurable, and his head throbbed hard, a slow but rhythmic trickle of blood rolling down and over his ear and splashing onto the concrete. Bob tried to speak, but he couldn't form the words in his mouth, his tongue hanging out between teeth that were trying to clasp together. I don't want too much from you, the southern man said looking at the rest of the tools with curiosity. Just a few pieces of information. If you were thinking about protecting this friend of mine, the bad egg, hopefully now you've given it a serious second thought. Bob's knees were buckling, and the blood was leaking from his head more profusely. So, first things first, the southern man said, grabbing a smaller wrench. I'm sure you'd remember who I'm looking for, the bad egg. He's only small. A hatchling. Small, but looks like it would bite your finger off. He came through here, right? Bob was shaking. He knew that he was close to pissing his pants. There's oil outside, and his car was on its way out. The southern man confirmed. I know, I'm closing in. Bob felt like his brain was inflating. Answer me, or I'll be the one to bite your finger off. Bob nodded, dribbling. "'Thank you,' the southern man said. "'Glad to see you're cooperating.' He passed the smaller wrench back and forth between his hands. "'How far behind am I?' he asked. Bob saw his own face in the southern man's shoes as he stood over him. "'I hope my hatchling isn't too far from the nest.' Bob raised three fingers of a shaking hand to show how many hours ago he had left Shit, the southern man said annoyed, he's a slippery little fuck. Bob felt the impact of the wrench on the top of his head, but it didn't knock him over. He suffered two more blows before dropping onto the concrete, his skull splitting like a coconut and dark blood spilling down his face. Luckily for him, he passed out before the southern man decided to use the heel of his shoe to stomp the mechanic's head into the ground. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Pursued was written by Ben Errington, narrated by Josh Curran, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Valetai and Tom Robson. There is more to this story. The Pursued is currently being written into a full-blown novel by Ben Errington. If you liked what you heard today, then go to the website, hawkandcleaver.com, and sign up to the mailing list, and we'll keep you in the loop. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year! We're waving goodbye to 2017 and welcoming in 2018 with a plan to make things bigger, better and more cleaver So if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like to support us in our future endeavours, head over to patreon.com forward slash and Cleaver and become a patron today. Until next time.